Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome to the T2 Hubcast with me, Martin Johnson. And me, Spencer Locker. Good morning, Spencer. Good morning, Martin. How are you? Uh, I'm well. How are you? I'm very well. Oh, hey. But no more said about you, you that. You've got one better, haven't hey. you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, these podcasts are fast turning into mine and yours banter, secret yeah. banter, where the listeners are going, they haven't even started yet and they're laughing again. Yeah. What's it all about? <laughs> What's it all about? It's like you're getting all giddy and un- unnecessary. We'll, we'll have to launch our comedy show next year. Yeah. Um, Spencer, good morning to you. Yeah. Um, Miserable day today, yeah. uh, February, it's early February, spring is on the horizon, there is hope, there is uh, optimism, hopefully COVID will continue to uh, to reduce, vaccines will roll out, and by the summer, mate, we'll all be um, golden, golden, having yeah. a beer in the sun, right? Yeah. Um, but until then, we will plough on, and uh-huh. we will continue doing what we do. Yeah, certainly. So, Spence, you've surprised me today, I've walked in the office, you've said, get in the podcast room, Um we're talking about summit. Yeah. And like usual, I don't really like to over over plan or yeah. so what is it that's on your mind uh, and what is today's topic? Right. Well, so basically it's on on the back of uh, remember a podcast we did not so long ago about um resolutions and goals, the differences between resolutions and goals. Yeah. 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 And and we explored that and I, re- I don't want to sort of over rehash it and, and and go back over it, but it got me thinking because um sorry Spence, just to recap on that podcast, we, it was right after the new year. Yeah. And we talked about the, you know, uh, New Year's resolutions. Are they artificial or beneficial? Yeah. And we just basically talked, didn't we, about the difference between a resolution when you are absolute resolute, you are going to do this. The pressure that comes with that, the margin for error yeah, is, is so great that actually people don't do it. And when they do renege on it, it's like it's gone. Whereas we were saying set goals, give yourself a little wriggle room to to fail or to maybe not hit them, but stay on task and we go again. Yeah. So we was trying to differentiate, wasn't we, between goals and resolutions yeah. really. Yeah. Uh, and 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 that was that informed a conversation I had with my eldest because we're getting to that point where, you know, we're all teachers now, aren't we? <laughs> we're all homeschoolers. <laughs> we're all homeschoolers, yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah, we, I was having a conversation with my eldest and and he was uh, I was doing the dad thing. Um, but just just checking in, son, you've got to you're at a certain age. You turn fifteen next month. Um, have you any idea what you fancy doing when you when you leave school? Because I, I've made a conscious decision not to sort of nail them down because things change. As we know, as we know, we change, we develop, we get more informed, we get influenced, and things like that. So yeah, when he was younger and he wanted to be um, a Royal Marine Commando or a zoologist. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. pretty similar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and and just these regular check-ins every so often, just to see, not pin him down, and uh, but just trying to inform him that you know what, I don't expect you to know what you're going to do for the rest of your life at 14 years old. It's it's not realistic. However, um, when you when you understand that mindset, that you know, when I get qualifications, the qualifications aren't necessarily going to be set up to go down a certain road. The more qualifications you've got, the better set you are for you you get choices don't you you get mm. options so i asked him about that and we were talking about things changing and 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 
he sort of said, well, I fancy being an engineer. And I'm thinking, well, why do you want to be an engineer? Now, just for the listeners, you're, you're, you're an engineer. I say you're an engineer. Yeah. You've spent your career being an engineer in the RAF. Yeah, that's correct. He, he knows that. Yeah. He, he, he's heard you speak about it. He understands that at a base level what an engineer is. So the question, therefore, is, is does he want to be an engineer because you were? That's exactly or, it. Or does, and then when you question yeah. him, he's got no idea actually why. Yeah, is, is yeah, that that, and that's exactly that. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Um, so uh, we were talking about sense of purpose. We're talking about influences. We're talking about nature versus nurture. Me with my fourteen-year-old son talking about these things, and it just when he's talking about things, seeing seeing people on on social media going, "I want to do that. That's who I want to be." Not. That not not I would like to I use that as an influence or a, a motivator to to be me. I want to be them. And and that got me thinking about goals, about people who set themselves goals by seeing people on social well, media. Do you know what, Spence? I know that this gets your goat, right? I mm. know one of your passionate views is around the influence of modern day society through digitalization, social media, etc. And I get it, and I share your frustration with that because I think you can easily get led down a road that um, actually deep down inside is not you, it's somebody else's, but you think that that's a good idea or that you should be doing that. And I get that frustration, Mm. but let me play devil's advocate, Yeah, right? Because this is the thing about human performance and team performance that is universally relevant. Mm. And it ties in with our five principles of high-performing teams, which also ties into the the five dysfunctions of a team, uh, you know, a famous book and a famous model. Yeah. Um, but it's the same principles and it's the same thing. And, and right at the top of that triangle is is uh, results focused. I, I need to visualize and set my targets on achieving results. And people and individuals and teams who do that and remain results focused and uh, 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 tend to, to progress in some way. So what I'm saying here is, I agree with you. At 14, 15 years old, you don't know your ass from your elbow, right? You don't know what you want to do. In fact, if you think about it, between 15 and 25, we need to do a load of things that we're crap at and we don't want to do just to find out what we might want to do. So I believe in the process of that. And I always say to young people, don't you don't have to be crystal clear now, but at least have some goals because if that takes you down a road where you where you learn skills and you throw yourself into experiences. And at the end of that, you go, that's definitely not for me. That is part of the process. And that is a life lesson. So I don't get as frustrated with it as you purely on the premise that I think it's part of the process. So if I, if I watch social, social media and everybody's starting a software development business, everybody's coding or gaming. And I think that's the way I'm going to make my money. And I go down that road for two years and it turns out I hate it and I'm crap at it. That that's a valuable process, but at least I'm at least I'm being influenced to set some type of goal. Does that make sense? It does, and I totally agree with you. I too, I do totally agree with you. But this is the difference: is you make your own goals, but you use those people as a motivation and an influence. So you yes, you you see these people doing what they do. It's like let's say for the sake of argument, um, we'll, we'll talk about um, Steve Jobs. Just, just, just a name out of the air, right? Okay. So we look at Steve Jobs. We can use Steve Jobs as an influence, and we can use Steve Jobs as motivation. I don't want to do exactly what Steve Jobs did because that's what Steve Jobs did. However, what I can do is I can take a lot from his success and make it mine. 
Does that make sense? Yes. So, so I'm, what that's what I'm saying is, I'm not, I'm not having a go at influencers. I'm not having a go at motivations. I, th- this is something. I'll tell you something now. I'll share something with you now, and I hope you don't burst out. You no, know, you will burst out laughing. <laughs> I'm already laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I look on Instagram, um, and I use people on Instagram to influence and motivate me to physically work out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I don't use men. I use women. Yeah, I hope right. Sharon's not listening. Oh, she no, she she's she's fully aware. <laughs> it's because it, it, it's not a conscious conscious effort because because I know there's people on there, there's men on there who are body beautiful, who are very very capable, um, and and that is what they do, and that and they've done it really well, and they found success there. That's great. There is never, I am never going to achieve that. When I'm looking at a 34 year old ripped bloke who is teaching me how, or, or who is showing a workout or, or whatever to do. I'm never going to achieve that. Yeah, I was going to say, working with one is hard enough, isn't it? <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> Less I'm, of the rips these days. I, I am never going to. So, so, but what I do is I look at I look at lots of women. Yeah. So, so what we're saying, Spencer, yeah, bringing it sort of back on track is, yeah. you know, in a lot of people fire bullets at influencers and social media and a lot of the motivational quotes and pictures and videos and all the rest of it. And, and there's there's millions of them. Absolutely, there's millions of them. Um, but when we look at the principles, the laws of success for individuals and teams, based on either our five principles of high-performing teams or the five dysfunctions of a team, whatever it might be, they're all similar. Trust, accountability, commitment, results-focused, you know, all of that type of stuff, managing conflict. Um, Right at the top of every pyramid is what we call challenge state mindset, which is those people who are driven to an endeavor to achieve something that they're visualizing that's creating the law of attraction that never that never goes away. Or it doesn't go away until you get to the point where you've either achieved it or whether you decide that actually it's not for me. So I think you're absolutely right. I think setting goals even if you don't fully understand why you're setting them, even if you've been influenced by the outside in or Instagram or whatever it might be, I would rather that in any human being than somebody drifting with zero goals. Mm. I think the more toxic side to be on is that no man's land where I'm not working towards anything and I don't have anything, you know, I've not lit the touch paper on anything. I've not got excited about anything. I'm just drifting. In fact, those people are the ones who become overly negative about the people who set goals and go on Instagram and and put stuff out. So I just think it's like, yes, sometimes we can look at the younger generation or we look at our kids or we look at people and say, you're just following, you want to, why do you want to be, I mean, my daughter's like this. She watches all the TikTok dances and she watches the Instagram stuff. And then she's like, when I grow older, I want to be, you know, a dancer. I want to be an actress. And And it changes from week to week, right? Yeah. Depending on what she's watched, it changes. But I never, ever, ever, tell her that that's never going to happen or best hair bubble or anything. I sit, I have a conversation with her and my answer is always the same. Well, to be honest, darling, you can be anything you want to be. Now, you know, that is because if something in her mind is firing up about going, I'm getting excited about the potential of achieving something. I'm sat there, Spence, half the time going, it ain't going to happen, right? Yeah, in your head. In my head. In your head, yeah, yeah. But I understand the the value of it at, at her age and what it's doing for her already in mm. terms of that goals, that results driven focus. And and I think being a challenged state person, as we our life's work is going to amount to, Spence, if yeah. we leave this planet and we've instigated a challenged state mindset in 
half a million people. We've done our job. Certainly. That is all about, at time, Spence, being influenced into setting goals. Yes. I agree with you, Martin. But. But. but <laughs> no, 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 it's not a but. Those goals need to be authentically yours. Do you think? I think so. Because this is, think- this is what I'm saying. If it's if it serves a purpose in creating the law of attraction, which creates a series of events that you commit to, even if the end game is, oh, I've been bloody, I've gone down a rabbit earlier that I should never have gone down because, quite frankly, I'm not built like those gymnasts on telly, or I'm not, you know, I don't want to be this, that, and the other. I still think there's a value to that. I think there's a value to that, as long as you take accountability for it. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. As long as you turn around and say, you know what? I was influenced by this person. I was influenced by this particular situation or whatever. However, I have not achieved. That's my mistake. And to your point, which I will back you on. Yeah. As long as after two or three rounds of this, it it thrusts you into a, a series of thinking that says, well, I've tried this. I've tried that. I've followed my mate who did this. That didn't work out for me. I, I tried to start that business because everyone online was doing it and that didn't work for me. As long as you will reach a natural point, which I think everybody does at mm. different ages where you go, so what is what What should I be doing? What do I want to do? What mm. do I feel passionate about? What yeah. am I good at? What can I earn money from? Yeah. As long as you start that icky guy process, yeah. you know, the icky guy model, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. can I earn money from it? Do I love it? Am I, am I bloody good at it, right? Yeah. As long as I can tick all those boxes, then I think you reach that stage at sometimes 18, sometimes 21, more often than not, 25 plus. Yeah. Probably in your 30s, mm. right? Very few find the calling early, early doors. So I think you're right. I think you naturally reach that authenticity around goals through a series of of learning what you crap at or what you shouldn't be doing yeah. or what everyone else is doing that you don't want to be following, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do believe that that process is a valuable process. It is. It's when you get into that later stage, Spence, and you're not learning. Hmm. You're still continuing hmm. to jump on the bandwagon and yeah. the next big thing and what other people are doing. Hmm. You've got to find your own calling, but I don't believe you, you get that. I don't know how old you were, but I mean, you spent all your, you know, 22 years in the RAF from hmm. being a, a 16-year-old boy. Hmm. Um you know, what age was you when you genuinely found what you wanted to do, when you genuinely felt like, actually, I am now doing something I actually love, I'm good at, and I believe in? When did I start working here? <laughs> <laughs> but but that's a salient point because yeah. you had a great career in the RAF. You was an engineer. Yeah. Your brain is very much wired to <clears throat> be an engineer. Mm-hmm. You're analytical. You're methodical, right? Process-driven, inputs, all that type of stuff. Um, so I would say for those years you spent as an engineer, you were pretty good at it because it played to your strengths. You were in your comfort zone a lot. And um, yeah, it was good. I think coming out of the military and doing what we do now, you went, entered into a completely different zone. Mm. That that zone you talk about, that's just beyond your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. Right? And and I think then you come alive. And, and I was the same. I spent all my early career out of the military, after the military, in sales. And I loved sales, but it definitely wasn't my calling forever. Mm. And I thought, oh, I'm going to be sales forever. I'm going to be a sales director. I'm going to move around from company to company. And it was only when I got into consulting and learning development and, and working with human beings and understanding the human form and helping improve performance that actually I thought, now this is my calling. But I was probably 31, Spence, when 
when I got into this. Mm. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting one. I guess what you're saying is authenticity is key, but you sort of semi-agree with me that the process of following and being influenced has its purpose. Yes, very much so, very much so. But what you've got to make that differentiation between if you're being authentically you and you are influenced and motivated by the actions of others, rather than trying to replicate those people, if, if, you, if you copied somebody totally yeah. and then you were successful, it wouldn't be your success. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah? But what I'm saying is if you copy somebody and then fail – and then you or don't succeed, don't achieve. Don't turn around and say, "Well, that's their fault." Oh, no, because if you yeah, if, yeah. because if you don't take if you don't take accountability for your lot your failures to succeed, then it's not your lesson to learn. So you'll just keep bouncing and bouncing and bouncing, and you'll never progress. There's, there's a saying I said at a conference recently. Um, I say recently; it was probably two years ago now. I last time I stood <laughs> last time I stood on a stage. I mean, we've been doing the virtual conferences, haven't we? But yeah. do you know what? On that note, I can't wait to get back into an auditorium on a stage with that buzz with four or 500 yeah. people in the audience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I remember I stood at a conference once and I finished on this line and it sort of ties into what we're saying. I think we've come full circle on this notion. And I think I said something like, it's no longer our ability to influence others that counts. It's our ability not to be influenced that really counts. And and I said that in the context of this digital world we live in, that um, the fake news, you know, the sensationalism from the media, you know, the, the amount of information that's out there that you can consume not knowing the origins of the source. And I, and I think, to your point, it's, it, it's in our faces, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you know, the, the Jenners being billionaires off, you know, mm. all this time you know, reality TV stars, all this type of stuff. And it's like, I think for young people, it's going to be more about their ability not to be influenced. That will really matter. Um, and despite everything we've said around the learning, you know, journey and and that as long as you're setting goals, even if you've been influenced, then it's, you, you, you know, it's a process that's going to serve you well. I think, I think not, not being influenced is a big thing. And, and that's, that's only comes with a level of brain, maturity or yeah. brain function and maturity so when you're in your teens and your 20s it's hard not to be influenced i don't think you have the amount of memories in your locker and the experience and cognitive brain function that's required to be able to filter that out and think completely on your own i think generally as we know from what we know from neuroscience and experience that comes probably later in your 30s and 40s um but your ability not to be influenced, which says, ah, this has got me excited and I like this and it's actually motivated me to into action. But what that's not for me. What what does this mean for me? Yeah. What do I stand the best chance of doing and what's going to give me the greatest fulfillment? Yeah. But that takes intervention, doesn't it? Mm. That takes cognitive intervention, not just to go down a go be influenced and completely go down a line of thinking mm. that might may or may not end up working well for us. Yeah. So yeah, it, I think you're absolutely right. But I don't think people get that until 30s beyond. No, but that's, I was going to say, we're not going to have many teenagers listening to this podcast. So you think. Well, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. You're, However, you're, Jed, you're Jed's listening to this right now going, Dad. 
But what what I'm saying is, the people who are listening to this, the people who are going to are going going to be in certain situations, who may be in a situation where. You know what? We've had a little bit of a, ch- a reality check with the present situation. We're right at the beginning of 2021. Right, okay, I understand I'm not going to set resolutions. I'm going to start re- setting goals. But what are these goals going to look like for me? And it's got to be that authentic, authentic goal because you're going to be inspired. You're going to be motivated. Somebody's going to do something out there that's going to light a spark underneath you. Yeah. I mean, I could turn around to you and I could say, who were your, who were your inspirations when you were 16? When you were twenty-five, when you were thirty-two, you, you know what I'm yeah, saying, and, and, they will, and, and, and they probably change. Yeah, they probably yeah. change, um, and yeah. obviously that's a sort of a level of maturity, um, in experience. Um, it's down to your own unconscious motivators and your, your own sense of purpose, and it's all linked. But you are you, and I'm so happy that you're the only one. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That, uh, and nobody's going to turn. I'm sure around. there's a hidden compliment in there. <laughs> nobody's going to turn around and say, "Oh, Martin Johnson, yeah, he's good, but he's just a poor man's whatever." It's like Bublé, isn't it? Yeah, you Bublé. love him or you hate you, him. Well, yeah, but you, you might like Bublé. I quite like Bublé. I think he's got his place. I know he's back in his cave now because it's after Christmas. But some people will turn around and say he's a poor man's Frank Sinatra. He's he's not. Him, but but he's got but, an identity. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, absolutely. I did a branding, personal branding survey recently where I asked 100 people to describe me in three words. And um, just three words. You can't comment on why you've picked them or elaborate, just three words. You didn't ask me though, did you? No, I didn't because I work so closely with you guys that I wanted to diversify a little bit because okay. I'd, I'd just got a load of, I just got a load of <laughs> jit from you a lot. So anyway, I... Um, the top five answers were all, as you would expect, for the line of work that I do. And generally, because I'm a bit of a raving lunatic, it was high energy, inspiring, knowledgeable, driven, passionate, all that type of stuff. But what came, uh, and then I had a few like hidden um, uh, agenda ones, which was like strong-minded, which was code for stubborn, <laughs> or you know, loud, which was code, code for tone it down a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I had all, all, all these. But what, what I was really happy with was in about eighth or ninth place with about 15 responses was authentic. And I didn't expect that. But the more I've reflected on it, it was the one I really liked the most, that people actually go, you are you. You're real. You know, what you see is what you get. Um, yes, I swear when I deliver on stages. Yes, I can't help it. Um but I like the fact that people recognize it's sincere and from the heart and it's me and I am putting it on. What you, what I am here is what I am at home with my wife and kids, as my wife will vouch for. And authentic is a great word, Spence. And it I is. think to finish this podcast, I think you raise a valid point that, and it gets people thinking, you know, what's your authenticity? What is authentic about you? And whether you're young and you haven't reached that point where you can answer that yet, because I don't think I could have answered that. And, and actually, I'm so different from my early 20s. I don't think in my early 20s I was my authentic self. I think I was searching for it. I was thinking I had a bit of bravado. I think I was, you know, projecting to the world something that probably wasn't always mirrored inside. Whereas now I can honestly say, you know, I'm going to say into my forties almost, right? I know, right? Um I believe that I am, and 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 so it takes time. So don't be deterred. But it's a, when when you reach that point where you can go, what you see is what you get. And I am being true to myself, and I'm authentic. And now I'm chasing after what I really want. 
Mm. That's a magical time, right? <clears throat> and you find that when you're being authentic, you spend more time in your best self than you do your shadow self. Yeah, because you're not having to mask anything or yeah. put your... Pref- you know, these people who say to us all the time, Spence, I'm different in work to where I what I am at home. When I walk in the workplace, I put my mask on my professional, you know, it's not sustainable. No. And you'll get found out, right? It's much easier to be authentic. Yeah. Right, Spence. Uh, we've only got a couple of minutes left before we're both in different calls and stuff like that. So I thought that was a really useful uh, discussion. I think there's some salient points in there. Yeah. Links to our last podcast. Yeah, Any yeah. final comments? Um, I'm just I'm just thinking that yeah, he's, he, he, he can be inspired and motivated by the successes of others. Um, but you've got to learn, you can learn from them, but you've got your goals need to be yours. Yeah. And, and it's just like, you've got to take that responsibility and accountability as much for your failures as you do for your successes. Um, because that means that you're learning. Um, and I hate saying failure because I, I, I trying to change my sort of talk track. Now it's not, um, win or lose it's win or learn. Yeah, it is. But I'm, it depends on who you are. Failure is, is a part of life. Yeah. Suffering is a part of life. I don't think we should hide from the word and reframe it. I just think you've got to, you've got to understand that actually what's my response to it. That's well, you know, that's the yeah. thing is it when you look at failure and if you view failure as a negative or you see the same thing as an opportunity to learn, right. Okay. Yeah. It's still failure. I'm not trying to, dis- I'm not trying to get rid of the word failure, but what I'm saying is use it as a tool. Yeah. Reframe it. Absolutely. Awesome. Right. Spence. Martin. Thank you, mate. Thank you. And we'll be back shortly with another T2 Hubcast.